This morning's Mass is offered for all the people of this parish. So Thomas Cordidimus said to his fellow disciples, let us also go to die with him. Our first four weeks of Lent are over, and we are now inexorably approaching the commemoration of Christ's passion and death. There's no avoiding it. The hour, Jesus' hour, is approaching. He had escaped from the stones to hurl at him. After curing the man born blind, we read, they sought to take him, and he escaped out of their hands. And being informed that his friend Lazarus is sick, Jesus tarries for two days, but then decides to go up to Judea, to Bethany, which is just a couple of miles outside Jerusalem. Rabbi, the Jews were just trying to stone you. And you want to go back there? We can say that the raising of Lazarus will be the last straw for the Pharisees. If today's Gospel had con con continued on for just one more verse, we would have heard that many therefore of the Jews who were come to Mary and Martha had seen the things that Jesus did believed in him. It would have seemed that Jesus had won people over. And had the Gospel reading continued for even a further verse, we would have heard that some of the Jews went to the Pharisees and told them the things that Jesus had done. So, so they were, whether they went to try and convince them or to betray him, we do not know. And a few, but a few verses after that we read, from that day therefore they devised to put him to death. Last week we heard how the man born blind to whom Jesus had given sight came to the perfectly reasonable conclusion that Jesus was at the very least a man of God. And then of course he came even to acknowledge him as the Messiah and Lord and worshipped him. But the stubborn Pharisees refused to believe. Today faced with the greatest and most spectacular miracle Jesus had ever worked, that of raising to life a man who had been dead for four days. The Pharisees plot to kill him. But Jesus will work a greater miracle yet, his own resurrection, after being scourged, crowned, crucified, and buried. And to conceal the truth, the Pharisees will, the Pharisees will spread the tale that his disciples stole the body. The one who gives life they seek to kill. And we can once again today think of our catechumens who wait patiently the day of their baptism. They have been bound by Satan in darkness, error, sin. And today they should be undergoing their third scrutiny, during which the priest would pray that they be snatched from the realm of death, freed from the death-dealing power of the evil one, delivered from the spirit of corruption. These are the prayers that the priest would say over the elect today if we were observing the scrutinies on this day. Father of life, and God not of the dead but of the living, you sent your Son to proclaim life, to snatch us from the realm of death, and to lead us to the resurrection. 
Free these elect from the death-dealing power of the spirit of evil, so that they may bear witness to their new life in the risen Christ, for he lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. And the priest will then stretch his hands um, outstretch his hands over the elect and continue, Lord Jesus, by raising Lazarus from the dead, you showed that you came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Free from the grasp of death those who await your life-giving sacraments and deliver them from the spirit of corruption. Through your spirit who gives life, fill them with faith, hope and charity that they may live with you always in the glory of your resurrection. For you are Lord forever and ever. Amen. The dead Lazarus represents the soul, whether of a catechumen or of one who has been baptized but who has fallen into mortal sin, imprisoned in the tomb. He cannot raise himself. He needs to hear the call of Christ. And the soul has been in this state for some time, consumed by the spirit of corruption, as the body of Lazarus is presumed to already stink with the stench of decay. But no one is so corrupt that they cannot rise in response to the call of Christ. It also takes the help of others to remove the stone that impedes the soul from hearing Christ's call and that blocks exit from that tomb of darkness. Our prayer, our patience, our repeated invitations can be the means of removing that stone. The scandals of the church might be the obstacle for one. The sense of being unworthy beyond redemption might be the obstacle for another. The teaching of the church concerning the indissolubility of marriage might be an obstacle for yet another who finds his or way to entry into the church perhaps impeded at this time because of an irregular marital union that they might be in. Or it might be the teaching concerning the papacy and the role of the supreme pastor of the church. Or it might be the veneration of Mary and of the saints might be the stone for another person. Or the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. And each one of us is called by Christ to roll away the stone so that the one who is in need of conversion may hear Christ's call. Lazarus, come forth. And this applies to all of us, not just the catechumens. We all have need to come forth. We all have need to be delivered from the sins, whether of the flesh or, or, other, or other sins. And when we confess our sins, we come forth. We show ourselves. We come out of the hiding place of self-deception and delusion, of justifying ourselves. The corruption that is within is concealed by the burial bands. But Christ knows our true state, and as he ordered the bystanders to untie Lazarus and let him go, so he has entrusted to the church and her priests the ministry of loosing from their sins those who come forth in response to Christ's call and confess. And when the burial bands are removed, when the sinner is unbound, whether by baptism or, as it were, the second baptism of confession, 
he is restored and made whole, rising from death to life. Our Lord has given the Church all of the means that we need in order to truly live. The sacraments of initiation that the catechumens are looking forward to receiving, baptism, confirmation, and the Eucharist, by which they will rise from the death of sin to life in Christ. The sacraments of forgiveness and healing, confession restoring grace to the soul who has relapsed into sin, the anointing of the sick or extreme unction to strengthen the weak person or even to prepare the soul for death. Holy matrimony, by which life is given to new beings through the blessed love of spouses. Holy orders, by which the sacraments are perpetuated and the loosing from the bonds of sin is secured for all time. Not one of these sacraments is superfluous. We all need these sacraments. We all need these sacraments to be alive in the church. And as we enter this final phase of Lent, may we complete with eagerness the program of purification that we began on Ash Wednesday. And not omitting, not omitting to make a good confession of our sins and to allow the priests of the church to unbind us so that we may come out of the tomb of our sin, our deception, and come to be restored to life in Christ. Here, at least in this archdiocese, the churches are open. Your priests are available to hear your confessions. So that we may not be, as St. Paul says, in the flesh and unable to please God, but rather in the spirit, living with the life of Christ.